Welcome to Football on the Rocks, the number one fantasy football and whiskey podcast where we pour ourselves a glass and help you dominate the competition. Join us over the next few weeks as we prepare for the 2021 football season and walk you through our ultimate mock draft, position by position rankings, draft strategies, and everything else you'll need to prepare for the start of the season. So pour yourself a glass and join three fantasy football experts and whiskey enthusiasts as we guide you to the fantasy football promised land. Hello and welcome again to Football on the Rocks. I am your host, Joe Niehoff. I am joined by my colleagues, John and Bob, tonight. I am literally about to make myself a glass of another rye whiskey. I mentioned it last time, and uh, this time around, I felt like I wanted to have another one. I mean, the ryes are really are really my uh, – my, they're growing on my list of favorites. So tonight, I mentioned Whistlepig as a very good rye whiskey. Tonight, I'm doing – what they call their piggyback. It's a six-year aged in oak barrels, um, 96 proof, very good. Uh, this is a – it's actually one of the cheaper ones out of all things that Whistlepig makes. Um, I think it's a very good – and when I say cheaper, we're still talking 35 bucks for a bottle. Um, but uh, the, the Whistlepig definitely on the high, high list of rye whiskeys for me. Bobby John, who's first? John, what do you got? What you drinking? I'm sticking with my ranking whiskey, which is the Maker's Mark Wood Finishing Series, the 2021 edition. The proof is 110.6. And this, for the tight ends, I have it over some crushed ice. Crushing it, John. <sighs> crushed ice, nice. Yeah, I think that, with, that with is the... That is the definition of on the rocks for the record, so... Ice in the drink is on the rocks. Bob, what are you drinking? Um, I am doing a little dessert tonight. I got a uh, chocolate peanut butter. Uh, what is this on a porter? Chocolate peanut butter porter from uh, Lupulin, which is the local brewery in my area here in Minnesota. Um, it tastes basically like a Reese's Pieces. It's so good. Um, and this one is a little bit lighter than the one that I was drinking uh, last time, only about uh, 5%. So you can have a couple of these. Uh, highly recommend this one uh, during the, the the colder months when you hit that fall time. Imagine sitting around a nice bonfire with it. Um, or especially like, you know, wintertime, Christmas, you got a, you got a fire going and something like that. And just a nice, really smooth easy drinking porter um that is just delicious so i've decided what bobby drinks is sugar that's just what he drinks now i mean they're just good yeah, i mean bobby bobby drinks breakfast <clears throat> with his i did i drink i drank breakfast last time and now it's, it's dessert just, you're you're something else I think our, our listeners will know that Joe drinks whatever he's drinking with about 15 pounds of ice. Well, I, did, you, did you hear that? Did you see that little move I had there? I was trying to, you know, it's called football on the rocks. So I wanted to make sure we got some rocks in there as I keep twiddling up my uh, drinks so you guys can hear the rocks clanking. Yeah. Joe got all the rocks in there. 
Yep, sure did. So I, you know, and I hope that our listeners, when they do turn us on, you know, it. I understand podcasts. Maybe you listen to while you're driving. Sometimes I do too. So you shouldn't let people know that our listeners turn you on. Okay. Anyway, um, I, I hope that they uh, are able to grab a, a glass of whiskey, bourbon, or maybe their favorite scotch, whatever it might be, as they listen to us. Um, because I, I very much enjoy this part of the show, probably more than anybody else. But what are we here to talk about tonight? John, why don't you kick us off? I'll let you take the lead on our, our tight ends, because I know, I know how much you love yourself some Travis Kelsey. So why don't you let us kick, I'll let you, you take the reins. John's in charge tonight. Yeah, I mean, I think since I've started fantasy, I always valued the number one tight end probably higher than most people. And it's treated me pretty well. I mean, I had years of Gronk, years of Jimmy Graham, years of Antonio Gates, and now that's transitioned into years of Travis Kelsey. I mean, he's just – if he was a wide receiver, he's a top three wide receiver, top five wide receiver. And with that value, I think the only pass catcher I'm drafting ahead of Travis Kelsey is Devontae Adams. We've moved ahead of him, and really Travis Kelsey I'm targeting at pick five, pick six in PPR. And I think he just adds such a big advantage over every other tight end, especially once you get past Waller, once you get past Kittle. He's just such a huge advantage. Eight and a half points per game over tight end three in 2020. I mean, most teams who are in um, the championships or playing for the championships had Travis Kelsey. I think, yeah. you know, it's pretty easy to know why. Yeah. And, and last year, if they didn't have Travis Kelsey, they more than likely had Waller uh, or, you know, some tight end that was serviceable enough because they had other people that were gaining all the other points. Yeah. Right. Or like a Tanyan who got all the touchdowns. Yes. Yeah, true. Right. Good. Good. Yeah. yeah. There's no, there's no debate that Travis Kelsey is a, Definitely the top of the tier. He maybe even gets that moniker that we gave to uh, McCaffrey as a Pappy Van Winkle of his position where, yep, Waller and Kittle are great, but I don't see a reason to ever draft Waller or Kittle when Kelsey's available. Did you say maybe gets the Pappy signature? Yeah, I I don't know how you feel about him. Well, no, like you said, maybe. But you said so maybe he does. That's so like definitive you're, you're, on that. Yeah, this is you. Okay. You just you granted a guy in CMC last last one that we talked about with our running backs. You granted the, the guy in CMC who you actually had originally ranked lower than Devin Cook, and you said without question he's a Pappy Van Winkle. But Bobby comes in here and says, "Well, maybe, maybe we'll give Travis Kelsey the Pappy title." I mean, come on. Yeah, I think Kelsey and. McCaffrey are the clear like they're clearly above everyone else at their position. Right. There's no question. Yeah. <laughs> now there's no question. <laughs> oh, Bob, I'm been, been this way tonight. the whole time. Been this yeah. way the uh-huh. whole time. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to our life um, growing up. We really, just got a peek into the the Joe and Bob life while we grew up. Really, the the second debate really is on Kittle versus Waller. I mean, they're they're same tier guy. Um. I have Kittle over Waller. Uh, really, the only and you guys both have Waller over Kittle in that second tier, uh, or the, yeah. Um, but really, the main reason why I had that is Waller had 
missed a few practices. There was some concern about injury or something. So um, really, Waller is probably going to be the number two tight end. There's so many mouths to feed in San Francisco and not so much in Vegas. And that's what, to me, would put Waller above Kittle in that second tier. But I'm not going to fault you if you want Kittle. Uh, He's a freak of nature in terms of what he can do. And he's going to be, you know, as long as he can stay healthy, which has been a little bit of an issue for him, um, as long as he's healthy, he is going to be right in that there's no reason to ever rank him on a weekly basis below three or four. I think you just made the, the you just hit the nail on the, the head right there. Uh, had Kittle been healthy last year, I think the Waller-Kittle conversation would be a lot closer for me, but he wasn't. Um, so if I'm looking at it, and again, you, there's risk every year in who you draft because everybody could get hurt, all right? But you have a guy like Waller. I mean, how many catches did he have last year? 100? He, there's, he is a wide receiver playing tight end. Uh, and at the end of the day, you look across the board at that wide receiver core in, in um, Las Vegas, and now that you think about who his quarterback is, I mean, it's hard to say that you're going to have a ton of confidence in Carr being able to really throw the ball downfield to these wide receivers. That most of their wide receivers are small, shifty, you know, not necessarily possession receivers, more big home run receivers. And, and Waller's just the guy. He's going to get 100 catches again this year, in my opinion. Yeah. He had the difference between him and Kelsey is the quarterback throwing him the football. Right. They both had 145 targets last year. Darren Waller actually caught two more balls than Travis Kelsey did. The differentiator there was the yardage, which Kelsey got about 200 more yards, and Kelsey had two more touchdowns. But other than that, they're targeted the exact same, used very similarly in their offenses. And so if you miss out on Kelsey, you're going to get Waller at a little bit of a Kelsey-like production, but at a slight discount because you're not using that first-round premium spot to take him. Yeah, I think that that's good. But and again, so is there more value in taking, say, Waller in, I, thought, I think a lot of drafts he's going third round. Is there more value in that than taking Kelsey in the first? Ah, tough. Tough call. And Kittle, I think, could be better than Waller this year. He has the potential to be, at least. Uh, he's got the talent, too, I guess we should say. So, um, so uh, that's our top tier. I think we've, well, you know, uh, these aren't questionable ones. I think what we yeah. should focus some time one, on today. One thing I want to highlight about Waller real fast. Um, here's a list of players that got over nine targets per game last year. Adams, Allen. Diggs, Hopkins, Ridley, Allen Robinson, Tyree Kill, Gravis Kelsey, and Mr. Darren Waller. Uh, he's getting nine targets a game at, at the tight end position all day, every day. Thank you very much. Yeah, very good. All right, so again, these are guys we already know, we love, we get it, et cetera, et cetera. Let's talk about this next tier, the next guys on the list. Bobby, you have a very fine list in tier number two. You only put three players there. So why don't you kind of go a little bit on your three players, why you have these three guys over everybody else. Yeah. So I see a clear delineation between the top three, for the three through six, and then everybody else. Um, that That's 
next tier for me is that that Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson, and, and Kyle Pitts. Uh, Joe, you're you're really big on Pitts. I mean, we have a bet on him in terms of uh, points scored for this next season, so we'll see how that kind of works itself out. Uh, but these are three guys that are going to be highly utilized in their offenses, um, really high upside players, and I see them in in their in a tier of their own because of that. Um, Hawkinson has a quarterback that's going to continue to target him. He is one of uh, four tight ends from last season that had, uh, I'm sorry, five tight ends from last season that had over 100 targets in their offense. Um, And again, it's it's that production value that's going to come out of that that's going to be the big differentiator. Okay, now that you've talked about TJ Hawkinson, I have a bet. Okay. All right. We haven't had one in a couple episodes, so I think it's I think it's time that we bring another one out. And my bet is I think without a shadow of a doubt that TJ Hawkinson will not finish in the top six of tight ends. Oh, yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, he's a he's a top six. Done. Uh yep, no question. Now here's the reason why for those that are listening. Um, first of all, he plays for Detroit. Okay, I'm sorry. Detroit's not very good. We should maybe start talking about the sorry Lions because <laughs> we have the sorry Jets. I, um, I would call them the lowly Lions. Because okay, the lowly Lions and the sorry yeah. Jets. Yeah, it rolls off the tongue a little bit better. Yeah, you're but probably right The on reason that. So, that you're coming up with there is the exact reason why he's going to – he's going to get probably more targets than he did last year at 101. No, no, um, haven't, I haven't gotten because to the point they're going to be throwing. The they're going to be so throwing. Much. They're going to be losing. Don't get me wrong. However, they have they they have almost nothing as wide receivers, right? And every defense will focus on stopping him in the passing game, unless some of these wide receivers can do well. You got to think of it, okay, Bob? Why is Travis Kelsey really, really fucking good? Well, other really good players. He's he's got a phenomenal quarterback. Number one, he's got the best quarterback in the league, arguably. Okay, but he's also got Hill, who can who's a deep threat that has had unbelievable success. So teams when they when they plan against them, they either say, "Okay, we're going to stop Kelsey," or "We're going to stop Hill." Which one? Well, when teams play against Detroit. They can play in different types of zone schemes. They can play. They can focus on a player. They want to focus on a player. They got a quarterback that to, to a lot of people believe is really not that great. He's definitely not, in my opinion, as good as Stafford. So you're looking at a quarterback that doesn't have the ability of, say, Mahomes, an offense that scheme-wise is arguably one of the worst in the league, playing against defenses that can really focus their time on one player or the other. I, I just – Honestly, we've, we talked last time about Swift moving down draft boards. A big reason why he moved down mine is because he plays for Detroit. I think Detroit is the worst team in the NFL. And I just don't know that they're going to be able to build themselves out of the hole that they've ultimately created. And it, we'll it, see. So that's it's hard to argue against TJ. that. That's the reason yeah. for me why he's falling down. Um, had he had a different quarterback, had he had some – other pieces to that team that are a little bit more attractive, I'd have a different opinion. 
Yeah. Uh, but he's and moving hard, down my draft board versus up. It's hard to argue against them being like probably the worst team in the entirety of the league. Um, but in order to be a top six guy uh, at the position, that's only 170 points. So that's averaging 10 points a game. Yeah, but I, think I have he's. I think he can do so that even just, on a bad offense. I, 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 so I don't disagree with maybe that, but I do think tight ends will score more points than you than maybe they have in the past. But That's Bobby, possible. I have guys. I think you know, and I have them right now ranked below TJ just because he does have upside to a lot of people think. I think Irv Smith might finish ahead of him. I think Logan Thomas might finish ahead of him. I think Robert Tanya yep. might finish ahead of him. Noah Fant, I don't think is a question. We'll finish ahead of him. Dallas Goddard, same thing. These are that's that's five guys I just mentioned, and that's yeah, not including Andrews, Pitts, Kittle, right. Waller, Kelsey. So I just think he's a little bit overrated in a lot of the in all the books I've read and everything that's going on. People do have him higher, and he was supposed to be this really talented kid coming out of I think it was Iowa. Not that he's not. He's totally, absolutely, hundred percent is talented. I just don't think he's going to score that much because of what that team is. All right, John, what do you got on your list here? Anybody you want to talk about? I mean, again, we're talking tight ends, giving you some ideas on what our list looked like. John, what do you got? Yeah, I think someone, at least Bobby's a lot lower on that. I'm a bit higher on this Tanyan. Yeah, you're at nine. I'm at 22. Yeah, 22 is insane. I'm at 11 on Tanyan. He's actually so Tanya rounds out my second tier. But go ahead, John. Twenty twenty two is literally insane. I mean, he there's no other tight end in Green Bay. He's built a good rapport with Rogers. He's their red zone target. I mean, they I think that's the thing with Green Bay. With Rogers, they like throwing in the red zone. They don't they we know they hate he they hate Aaron Jones. Yeah. Like yeah. they with you have Rogers. They give him the ball and let him do what he wants. And he's found a, a target he loves in Tanya. And so, like that, yeah, sure, that could regress. But he really didn't start, you know, popping off until later in the year. So I think his, you know, I think his targets could go up. I think his total receptions could go up. I think his, I think he has more upside than people are, you know, and- giving him. He had an insane catch rate. He was targeted 59 times. He caught 52 balls. Um, that's unheard of. I mean, <laughs> that a little bit insane there. He had 11 touchdowns. That matches Travis Kelsey. So you know, that is more than likely going to probably be cut in half, I would say. Uh, go down to that 6-7 range at that tight end position at best. Um, but I'm just looking at Aaron Rodgers' quarterback history with this team. So I went all the way back to 2013 because I wanted I wanted a good sample size to be able to emphasize this point on how little Aaron Rodgers-led offenses actually utilize the tight end position and how much of a, a outlier Robert Tanyan's season was. He was the fourth best tight end by you know total points at the end of last season. All right, prior to him. They had two seasons of Jimmy Graham. They had a season of Martellus Bennett, who was supposed to be this big guy coming in um, when they, I believe Bennett was coming over from a Patriots led uh, to a Super Bowl kind of a team from 2016. They had Richard Rodgers for a few years and Corliss the years before that. Um, 
the best position finishing. Richard Rodgers, 2015 at, at tight end 11. Jimmy Graham, 2018, tight end 12. Beyond that, tight ends are finishing in the 30s more often than they're finishing anywhere else. And on average, over the course of all of these seasons, the last, what, what from 2013 to now, their average finishing position, even with the outlier of Robert Tanyan's season at four, is still 23rd. They just don't utilize, at least historically, have not utilized the tight end position. And that's why I just, I don't see it replicating itself again. Now, am I going to fault someone for taking, you know, Robert Tanyan, who did a great job last season? No, I'm not but he's not going to be on a single one of any one of my rosters because of that long history of the tight end position being nearly irrelevant in the Green Bay offense. John, is this a two bet night? Yeah, John, you want what are we doing? Uh, I think he'll be in the top 10, you think he'll be outside the top 20? Um, so level on 15, top 15. Bobby no, loses. No, you have him as a top ten. Let's go top. Oh, I don't think he's. I don't think he's a top. You have him at twenty-two. You have him at twenty-two. Yep, I don't think he's a starting I, tight end at the end. I think okay, he's also so the top, top 12. twelve. He's got to be. Out, he's got to be a top twelve yeah. tight end. Okay. That's a deal. Yeah, I'm with. Uh, I'm with. That's a. I got that's it. A steal for John. He just took that fucking bet. Um. Yeah, Bob. I get the points. I think you make very valid points. So this whole thing, the reason why we do this is to to we, you guys should see some of our text messages from back in the day when we'd argue these points. Now we're doing it uh, live in front of an audience, so to speak. <laughs> so this is all fun stuff that we like to talk about. I, I think it's good. Um, on tight ends, you know, we don't have to spend much time here. I think there's one other uh, couple. I'm going to call them a couple that I want to talk about tonight because I have questions myself on how to value these two. Um, and I think it should be something that uh, we can discuss and just get, get our brains moving for all those that are looking at them. Uh, if you don't know already, um, you probably know who I'm talking about when I say a couple, it is Hunter, Hunter Henry and John U. Smith in new England. Uh, how do you value these guys? I mean, they're, they're in my third, I think they're in everybody's third tier. Mm-hmm. Um, some lower than others, Bob. I think you have Janu up there pretty high compared to uh, Hunter Henry. So, how do you value those two? Where do you see them? Why do you see them there? How do you really look at these these two guys in New England? Well, Hunter Henry's already hurt, so there's that. Um, that just makes Janu a little bit more valuable. Also, I I don't have the contracts in front of me, but I'm pretty sure Janu Smith was paid more. And so they're probably going to use them more. Um, just kind of a, that follow the money narrative that gets thrown out there all the time. Um, that's why I have Smith uh, so much higher over Henry, uh, that and just that injury history. Now, if you look at Johnny Smith, when prior to his injury last season, he was on a, on a tear to be for sure in that top five of tight ends. He was doing amazing things. I'm going to pull up his stats here as I kind of ramble on a little bit. He has one of the easiest strengths of schedule against the tight end position this year. Um, Actually, Fantasy Pros has uh, the New England Patriots as the easiest schedule of all schedules for tight ends in terms of what they're facing. Um, 
But prior to to his injury, and I think it was uh, week six, um, he was getting he, – he scored five touchdowns in four games. Um, he was getting at least five targets a game and just doing insane things with the ball when he had it in his hands. He had no less than four catches in every one of those games, and, and that's in that um, – that Tennessee offense that he was running through. He came back after a while. He wasn't exactly the same player playing through that injury and never got more than 10 points in a game after that. Um, But he was someone who you were consistently putting out there and you were getting extreme, uh, extremely good value from him. I see that being able to be replicated and and him. um, It looks like they're trying to go back to, the old days when they were running those two tight end sets all the time. So he's going to be on the field every single play. The difference is back then they had Tom Brady as their quarterback. And if you look at Cam Newton, you made a valid point with Aaron Rodgers. I, don't, I mean, Bob, you can look it up. I mean, maybe uh, Greg Olson might be one, but I don't know how long Greg Olson was with Cam Newton. That ends up being a top 10 uh, tight end. And we're not talking about these guys in that range. I just don't know if I see a whole lot of value out of any tight end in New England. Um, depending on who's quarterback. Uh, if yeah. if you have, I think if Mac Jones is quarterback, you're going to have more dump downs. Tight ends don't typically run long, run long routes, so they're going to have a, maybe a little bit more targets in that particular situation. Right. But to that, to your point with mentioning Mac Jones, is that a lot of times rookie quarterbacks use those tight ends as safety nets. Yeah. So I think if Mac Jones comes as a quarterback, now you got a little bit more value out of these guys. And Johnny Smith, I think, has higher upside yeah. than yeah, Henry. I'm, I don't think I would draft either of them as a starter. I think For, yeah, oh, both, both of them are, you know, round 14, round 15. Here's just someone – here's just a flyer on a backup tight end who – Right. You know, I think Which they, have, I think they have higher upside than some of the other – Tight ends, tight ends, just because there's not yeah. there's not elite wide receivers in New England, so I think there's upside of they might be the best pass catchers in New England. Which is crazy if you guys think about it, because Hunter Henry a year ago or John Smith a year ago, these guys were ones that were they were in the top eight. They were maybe even creeping into the yeah. second tier of tight ends. Uh, so it's just nuts when you kind of think of how much has changed in that tight end world. And, and I it's, think it's, that it's kind, kind of points. insane. That kind of goes to the point of, like, when I look at the Tier 2 tight ends, I don't know that any of those will end up in kind of giving you the value of where you're drafting them, which is why a lot of the kind of the Kyle Pitts, the Mark Andrews, the TJ Hawkinsons, they're going around kind of, you know, four through seven. I'm not really looking to draft any of those guys other than maybe Pitts in the top seven rounds. Yeah. I think it's a very valid point for those that are thinking draft strategies right now. When mm-hmm. is the right time to take a tight end? I think if, if it doesn't fall properly for you to get a Kelsey Waller or Kittle, um, it's really difficult to draft those other tight ends in the top five rounds. Yeah. And I think that's, that's how There's I look a valid at my, point. Tier, that's how I look at my tiers of, you know, you have, I love the top three guys. If I can get the top three guys, I'm happy. But then mm-hmm. after that, if you compare, I'm happy with getting the getting kind of the Andrews, Hawkinsons, Logan Thomas, and you know rounds seven, eight, nine. But yeah, not, not in rounds four, five, six where they're going. 
And right, that's why I love, I love kind of the Tanya and Smith. You can get them in round 10 and they yeah. might outperform any of the guys above them. Right. And then yeah. you're able to grab the, those, you know, third, fourth running backs, wide receivers, and really get that depth for that flex spot to be able to have some flexibility, no pun intended there, but on, on that position and be able to really instill someone who's going to be highly valued there versus, yeah, I'm getting the seventh best tight end. Um, there's, there's way less value there because on a week-to-week basis, there are going to be guys at the tight end position that kind of pop off. And that's kind of how I have it teared out is like, if I don't get one of those top six guys, the other six starters in a 12-team league are kind of the same guy. And, and that's how I kind of have it chunked out there is that between, especially, I mean, between, let's say, Logan Thomas down to, you know, you John U. Smith or Austin Hooper even, like, there's going to be weeks where these guys are going to be able to pop off a little bit. Now, maybe Logan Thomas deserves to be in that top six, top seven. You know, maybe I drop down that tier and put Logan Thomas up there because he, he does have a, a little bit of a different um, type of breed to him a bit. You mean the former quarterback turned <clears throat> tight end? And he was one of – Where's Tebow on your list, he's, Bobby? Where's he's Tebow? one of – Logan Thomas is – Tebow's sitting at home like me and you. Um <laughs> Logan, sure Tom, Logan Thomas is one of. Do you think he's currently enjoying a whiskey or a bourbon? Oh, he's probably doing a sugar beer like you. Um, I don't know that Tebow drinks. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Logan Thomas is one of five tight ends from last season to have over a hundred targets. Um, and so, and he was, I think, tight end three from the end of last season. Uh, he actually tied with Tanya exactly in terms of amount of points scored. Uh, because of the receptions and the yardage kind of even itself out there. Um, but yeah, looking at Thomas, he, he probably deserves to be up in that, you know, that tier of players of, all right, let me grab him before I, before everyone else is kind of in that basket of, you know, the eight to 12 overall tight end position. Yeah. I think he's um, one that's an interesting guy in general. Um, just overall value and where you can find him. You know, if we're going to look at a, a tight end in round seven, nine, ten, twelve, somewhere in that, and a guy like him still available, I think you're getting a steal. Because uh, again, he's a he's a probably a top six tight end. At worst case, he's a top ten. You know, and and that's kind of a, a decent way to look at him. Um, you know, I, again, I don't think we need to spend too much time here, guys, on, on tight ends. Any last words? Anybody you want to highlight? Anybody you want to talk about? And, you know, where you like them, why you like them, stuff like that. One guy that probably won't <laughs> give any, like, oohs or ahs when, when he's picked uh, is Evan Ingram. Um, he is that fifth tight end that got over 100 targets last season. Um, he actually finished in the top eight at the position in terms of uh, targets catches and yards so in each one of those categories he's at least in the top eight of each one of those um really the only thing missing from his season last year was touchdowns he got only one um even let's say that get uh, well he had a rushing touchdown too so he had two total touchdowns but he had one touchdown the entirety of the season um let's say he gets five or six touchdowns that vaults him up into the top five of tight ends at the position 
if he's still going to get the similar type of a volume in terms of targets and, you know, just kind of has that 650 yards, six touchdowns. I mean, he's in the top five, top seven. Uh, and he's someone that you can get for almost nothing in the later rounds. And one of the reasons why, if I don't get one of those top three guys, especially, I'm probably going to be one of the last people taking a tight end. Yeah. Good. John? I think that's the only time I agree with Bobby. <laughs> hey, right. we got something. This is amazing. Uh, one guy I'm going to just uh, – a very brief moment here to talk about is a guy that uh, I think I've seen his name mentioned by some of the other fantasy football heads that uh, are throughout television or you know podcasts that a lot of people listen to uh, is Adam Troutman, the New Orleans tight end. So he's taking over now for Jared Cook. Uh, Jared Cook's moved on to the the, the Chargers. Um, Adam Troutman, at, I think he actually maybe even set a record in college for tight ends. Uh, if I recall, I don't have the stats in front of me. Bobby, you're the stat man. Why don't you look it up? I don't look um, up college stats. Okay. Uh, anyway, so moving <laughs> forward with him, what it basically is meaning is this. The guy can catch the football. Okay. He, he's not just going to be your traditional blocking tight end that takes over and does nothing. He's a guy that can run routes. He can catch the football. He can make plays. Uh, and I think with the right quarterback, he could be of value. So don't be surprised. Or don't be shocked. I, I don't think he's worth drafting in the top 10 rounds. So understand that first. Uh, I don't even know that he's worth drafting in the top 13 rounds. This might be a guy you take a fire on uh, later on in the draft. Uh, but I think he could be somebody that sneaks up the boards uh, and, and starts playing well enough. You get a guy like Adam Troutman and he creeps in the top 10 for tight ends. Um, I think that's a good value. So just a guy to keep an eye on that we haven't talked about or really mentioned much at all. Uh, but any other last words, uh, you know, for tonight? I know we're, again, there's not a whole lot we can talk about with tight ends. I've enjoyed my, uh, my piggyback, as they call it in Whistle Pig's terms. Very good. John, why don't you elaborate on what your favorite way to drink your, uh, your, your, your drink is? Because I know you've tried a number of different routes here with what you got. What's your favorite? You know, I think with this, the best way I've had is just neat. It has just a really good, rich, oaky flavor. I think the as soon as you add water, ice, it really takes out the oakiness and the smokiness of it. And yeah, I think this is just one of them that is just good and neat. I think with the wide receivers, you're doing an ice ball. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay, so the ice ball's next. We'll see if that has any kind of effect. Uh, Bobby, any last words for you? Obviously, I know you're drinking your sugar beer, so how's it tasting? Uh, it's going down really smooth. Um, I just want to mention a name. I'm going to give no other context to it. I'm just going to mention the name Jawan Johnson. That's all I have to say. Okay. So on Jawan Johnson, we're out. That's it. Hopefully you enjoyed the talk on tight ends. Uh, you will be hearing our our last tiers coming out here probably before uh, middle of next week, which is our wide receivers. We kind of mix it up a little bit on us there, but Ted Ends was what we had time for tonight. So hopefully you enjoyed the show. Hopefully you enjoyed your drink. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.